Second Chronicles 34. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes, and walked in the ways of David his father, and didn't turn away to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places, the Asherah poles, the engraved images, and the molten images. They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence, and he cut down the incense altars that were on the high above them. He broke the Asherah poles, the engraved images, and the molten images into pieces, made dust of them, and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars and purged Judah and Jerusalem. He did this in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, even to Naphtali, around in their ruins. He broke down the altars and beat the Asherah poles and the engraved images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel and then returned to Jerusalem. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Maaseiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of Yahweh his God. They came to Hilkiah the high priest and delivered the money that was brought into God's house, which the Levites, the keepers of the threshold, had gathered from the hands of Manasseh, Ephraim, of all the remnant of Israel, of all Judah and Benjamin, and of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They delivered it into the hands of the workmen who had the oversight of Yahweh's house, and the workmen who laboured in Yahweh's house gave it to mend and repair the house. They gave it to the carpenters and to the builders to buy cut stone and timber for couplings and to make beams for the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. The men did the work faithfully. Their overseers were Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites, of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshullam of the sons of the Kohathites, to give direction and others of the Levites who were all skillful with musical instruments. Also, they were over the bearers of burdens and directed all who did the work in every kind of service. Of the Levites, there were scribes, officials, and gatekeepers. When they brought out the money that was brought into Yahweh's house, Hilkiah the priest found the book of Yahweh's law given by Moses. Hilkiah answered Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the law in Yahweh's house. So Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. Shaphan carried the book to the king, and moreover brought back word to the king, saying, All that was committed to your servants they are doing. They have emptied out the money that was found in Yahweh's house, and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers, and into the hand of the workmen. Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has delivered me a book. Shaphan read from it to the king. When the king had heard the words of the law, he tore his clothes. The king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Abdon the son of Micah, Shaphan the scribe, and Asiah the king's servant, saying, Go inquire of Yahweh for me and for those who are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that are found. For great is Yahweh's wrath that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept Yahweh's word to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and they whom the king had commanded went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokath, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She now lived in Jerusalem in the second quarter, and they spoke to her to that effect. She said to them, 
Yahweh the God of Israel says, Tell the man who sent you to me, Yahweh says, Behold, I will bring evil on this place and on its inhabitants, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah. Because they have forsaken me, and they have burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke to me, me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath is poured out on this place, and it will not be quenched. But to the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of Yahweh, you shall tell him this. Yahweh the God of Israel says, About the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender, and you humbled yourself before God, when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and have humbled yourself before me, and have torn your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says Yahweh. Behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes won't see the evil that I will bring on this place and on its inhabitants. They brought back word to the king. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. The king went up to Yahweh's house with all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the Levites, and all the people, both great and small, and he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in Yahweh's house. The king stood in his place and made a covenant before Yahweh to walk after Yahweh and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in the book. He caused all who were found in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand. The inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that belonged to the children of Israel and made all who were found in Israel to serve, even to serve Yahweh their God. All his days they didn't depart from following Yahweh, the God of their fathers. So Josiah has become king. He's just an eight-year-old kid when he becomes the king. And um, then uh, this chapter describes some of the things that he did while he was the king. He um, is someone that says in his eighth year began to seek the Lord his God. So that's when he's a 16-year-old lad. He's a teenager and he decides we're going to serve. He starts seeking the Lord to follow him. And then it says in his 12th year, he began to uh, repair the temple. So 12 years, he's about 20 years of age when he starts doing things to, you know, he's, he begins seeking the Lord at 16. He's inquiring after God, but 20, he starts realizing I'm the king. We've got to start putting things in place. And so he starts uh, getting things all sorted out. And it's that's when they find the book of the law in the temple. It's when they start repairing the temple. And some people think that Josiah is only a good king because they found the book of the law in the temple. You know, you read the book and you realize, oh, I've got to change. But no, it's only because he's a good king that they found the book of the law in the temple. So it was the other way around. And um, they began, you know, like tearing down altars. And it says that they tore down altars throughout all Israel. Now, what we don't get in the book of Chronicles is the history of what's going on in Israel at the time. We, we covered that in the book of Kings. And, um, but by the time Josiah is king, the northern tribes are wiped out. So the, the geography is still there, obviously. But the Assyrian army came and basically took them all away, but left some of them there, but then brought people from other places, from other nations that the Assyrians had conquered and put them into that place. So the, the people that lived in the, the land of the northern tribe, the land of all Israel, 
these are people who kind of know about God, um, but they also have their own other gods. Some of them are historically connected to all Israel, but a lot of them are not. They're from other places. And uh, the land, there's no king of Israel in the north at this time. So when Josiah decides to go through all the, all the land, removing the, the idols, he's actually going through the land <laughs> that's under the control of the Babylonians at the time, believe it or not. So he's actually going into land that belongs to someone else, but it's, it's got that historic connection to Israel, and he's going through and removing the idols. And he's doing it because of, of the, the, the whole Israel thing. And even a few chapters ago, Hezekiah sent messengers throughout all Israel to invite them. But this is after the Assyrians had come and taken a lot of them away. And that would no doubt have been the reason why people were laughing at the messengers and saying, oh, we're not going to Israel. Probably some of them were not uh, followers of the Lord, but some did. So Josiah, he, he's wholehearted. He wants to follow the Lord. They begin tearing down the altars and, and then they find the book of the law and it says when they read the book of the law, he, he, was, he was convicted. He realized that our, our ancestors have not followed the Lord. We've done the wrong thing. So this book of the law that's found, it's the first five books of the Bible. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And when it mentions the curses that were described there, what we're talking about now is the book of Deuteronomy. So when they're reading through, they're reading the stories. And, but when they get to Deuteronomy, this is Moses' great final speech. When we get to chapter 27 and 28, it describes, it's a future prediction of what's going to happen if the children of Israel follow the Lord and what's going to happen if they don't follow the Lord. And when we did the video on Deuteronomy 28, I said at the time that it was one of the saddest chapters in the whole Bible. And it was a long, long video because Deuteronomy 28 is also the third longest chapter in the Bible. So we spent a half an hour on that chapter, but we were reading it and talking about um, that this was a prophecy about if the children of Israel didn't follow the Lord, all the things that were going to happen. So when Josiah is having this read out to him and he's listening to it, he's realizing, goodness me, we've done all these things. That The things that it said not to do, that's the history of Israel and Judah. We've done all those things. So immediately they go to inquire of the Lord and that's where the prophetess Holder comes in and she says, it's too late. God's already decided. And I mentioned in a previous video that the Lord had decided two kings before when Manasseh was the most evil of all the kings, the Lord had finally run out of patience and he had decided that's it. And so what we've got now is we've got a good king and he decides that he's going to follow the Lord regardless of what the Lord's going to do. So you might find that the workings of God have put you into a position which is not ideal. And I think over the, the years, there've been a lot of Christians in places which were not ideal. I think of Christians that lived in places like communist Russia. It would have been so hard to be a believer in a place like that. You think of um, uh, the bloke that wrote the book, Tortured for Christ, I'm trying to remember that guy's name. And uh, he, he got saved in Romania, but it was under the influence of the USSR. And his life as a Christian was so difficult. So he is a person that, the, the judgment of the Lord is upon the land. It's very difficult to follow the Lord, and yet he decides he's going to follow the Lord anyway. And that's what we've got here with Josiah. Josiah is someone who realizes that the Lord has, has decided there's going to be certain outcomes, but no, I'm going to follow the Lord regardless. And I think that that's something that every believer has to decide for themselves. 
we have to decide that we're not following the Lord uh, based on the promise of having a good life. <laughs> we're following the Lord because he's the Lord. And he's, he, he's given us promises in any case, promises of eternal life, that we're going to be brought to him. We have security and salvation. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's going to be with us no matter what we go through. But um, if you're someone that only wants to follow the Lord if he's going to give you a good life, then you're wrongly motivated. And um, Jesus told a parable in the New Testament about the seeds you know, that were thrown and some sprung up and they were, they were sprung up amongst uh, weedy soil, like there were weeds. And the weeds were the cares and the concerns of this life which choked out the gospel. And there are some people in who they grow up, they become a believer, but there's so many things that choke out the gospel. Basically, they're wanting their life to be uh, you know, a good life. If it's not a good life or it's not an easy life, then their faith doesn't thrive. So they're wrongly motivated. And so Josiah here, he's a good king. And even when he finds out that the, the judgment of the Lord cannot be averted, he doesn't give up trying. He tries even harder. And so I think that's something very, very wonderful about that. Josiah is a great name for a boy. If you ever want to call one of your children a great name, Josiah is a great, great king and well worth naming a kid after. Lord, I want to thank you for this chapter. And Lord, we acknowledge that, um, that, that you are the Lord. You're the God of generations. The good times come and sometimes bad times come. And yet you've always had your people. You've had your faithful ones in the good and in the bad. And Lord, we want our lives to be blessed, but we want to dedicate them to you to say that regardless of the circumstances of our lives, we will follow you. Give us such a grace to have that attitude always, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.